Welcome in, hockey fans, in the desert southwest. It is another edition, another episode, if you will, of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you, not from Scottsdale, Arizona tonight, not from Las Vegas, Nevada, as like last Wednesday night, but from beautiful Lake Elmo, Minnesota, as uh, I continue my working vacation and uh, get prepared to start heading back towards the desert southwest um, very soon, like as in tomorrow morning. So um, welcome in to uh, Club Hockey edition of what we do uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday night. We do professional hockey. We do college hockey, NCAA style on Tuesday. And then, of course, we visit with uh, Club Hockey uh, on Wednesday night. So my co-host tonight, Stephen Marsh, as always, will be joining me a little late. He's got a, a few things he has to take care of. And when he's available, he'll be joining us. We also anticipate having uh, Tate Green, the head coach of Arizona State University's ACHA D1 program. And if we are very fortunate, we may even have the head coach of the University of Arizona, Mr. Chad Berman, joining us later today. But in the meantime, let's start talking some hockey because uh, we all know the pandemic set things on its ear uh, about four or five months ago now, and and things are still um, not in the best of shape here in the United States. But there is hockey being played at the NHL level, as you uh, have seen if you've been anywhere near TV lately. The last couple of days, there's some exhibition games going on, and games are being played. So um, hockey action is going on, right? Uh, we had the commissioner of the uh, WCHL, uh, Chris Perry, on about a month ago, and, and Chris told us that uh, you know, uh, things are kind of moving along in a, in a pace where – they're not sure what's going to happen yet, so uh, we won't be able to tell you much news about that. But what we can talk about is uh, the players that are uh, committing to, to play hockey here in the desert southwest. We can talk about the new recruits. We can talk about the guys that are coming back. We can talk about the building excitement in what I call the arms race for uh, ACHA hockey in the desert southwest. I, folks, I, I've been doing this for five years now, and I've never seen uh, such a com- Competitive group of uh, coaches and players and universities as we have here in the desert southwest at ACHA D1 level. So we're truly looking forward to seeing that. Um, we know what uh, all the teams have uh, done in the past. We know that their goal is a national championship and nothing less than that. We also know, though, that they're student athletes and safety is obviously the, uh, the first concern. So we want to make sure that the student-athletes can perform and attend classes and all of those things in a safe environment. And when you have a pandemic such as COVID-19 going on, that uh, is a lot of challenges. So, you know, kudos to the coaches, kudos to the universities, and and really to the student-athletes as well because they're putting up with a lot right now, and it's a lot of uncertainty. I guess the one thing you can say, though, is that everybody's in the same boat, so it's not like it's affecting one university more than another. Um, it's just, you know, something we got to deal with and we'll continue to do that. But 
In the meantime, we want to talk hockey. And we want to talk about players and skilled players and, and where they're going to go from here. As I said, I'm up in Minnesota, so I kind of devoted this show uh, and the last two shows to uh, Minnesota-related type things. And uh, Coach Tate Green is a Minnesota native, so uh, I figured why not bring the coach in and let him uh, talk a little bit. So, Coach Green, are you with me? Hey, Scott. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you, Coach? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. Where are you at in Minnesota? Uh, I'm at Lake Elmo, Minnesota, just outside of St. Paul. All right. Nice. Good for you. So I took a little vacation. I have my daughter, son-in-law, and my uh, six-month-old grandson up here. So uh, I thought, you know, this is a good time to get away and uh, and visit them and, and do some things before things get back to, quote-unquote, the new normal. So let's let's start right there. How has your summer been, and how crazy has it been with all the uncertainty? Uh, you know, it, it's it's been really crazy with the uncertainty. I think last time we talked, I told you uh, everything I do, I, I have to have a plan B and a plan C and a <laughs> plan four. Uh, you know, and so uh, nothing really has changed from that. Um, you know, every day is is kind of something different. Uh, well, not even different. It, it's just waiting to see, are, are we going to play? Are we not going to play? You see some schools have, have already backed out, uh, said they're not going to play. Um, you know, there's other sports that are, are saying they're not going to play. Um, just a ton of uncertainty and, and try to plan to, to see what we can do, um, you know, in, in case we can't play. Uh, but at the same time, you're, you're trying to move ahead and, and trying to act like you are going to play, you know? Yeah, and, and Coach, it's so many different variables, right? Like we're watching the NHL do their thing with inside a confined bubbles, one on the east eastern part of Canada, one in the western part. Um, up here in the, in the Midwest, it's not been nearly as bad, I don't think, because the Fargo Force about two weeks ago just said about 250 players go through a week-long camp. I came through Dubuque this week, and they had their main camp for the junior program there. I talked with uh, uh, the people over at Dubuque today, and and they said that they're planning on moving ahead as if they were going to have a regular start to the season, albeit, like you said, with a plan B, C, and D if they need to. So it's really weird. We talked to uh, uh, a sports writer out in Clarkson, uh, New York, and he was telling us that they had two cases in their entire county. That was it. So uh, this pandemic is just so strange in the way it's affecting everybody. But um, I want to talk about ASU specifically because kudos to, to the university and their innovation and everything that they do. But to come up with the saliva testing, and I'm sure that's going to be a huge impact as far as what you guys can and can't do down the road. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I think ASU has really handled this uh really well so far they haven't made any uh, rash decisions or or you know um they're they're just kind of processing everything and and i trust in in what they're doing um you know we've it's, there's a reason we're one of the best universities in the country uh and it's the people that are in charge there and the people that are, are doing things there running the different schools um so yeah uh anything and everything they do uh, I, I fully support and I believe in. And as of right now, um, again, they've. I just had a conversation today with Club Sports, and it's uh, proceed as normal. You know, we're we're not uh, pulling the plug on anything right now. We're going to keep going. We plan on having students on campus, and 
and we plan on going forward. So, um, well, right that, now, that's music crossed, to our ears. That's, where we're <laughs> that's yep. all music to our ears. So let's uh, keep those fingers crossed and hope it go that way. Exactly. Uh, Last night, Coach, we had Demetrius Kumanzison, who played uh, his senior year of, of high school hockey uh, right here in Edina. And I know you grew up in Minnesota, and we were trying to explain to our listeners just how big a deal it is uh, to play high school hockey and other things. And he was talking about playing in the elite league before the hockey, the high school season started, and, and he talked about being able to play in the beauty league. Yeah, you're familiar with that up uh with yep, all the NHLers. Yep. So, so tell us a little bit about growing up in Minnesota for you and, and just how hockey crazy this is. Uh, well, you know, I didn't, I, I wasn't uh, nearly the, the level of player that Demetrius is or was at, at the high school level. But, you know, for me, I, I was in a small town and uh, you know, most of my hockey memories uh, come from playing in that small town you know, we had a small building and, and, you know, it would be packed to the gills. There'd be uh, all the bleachers are full and they're standing four or five deep around the glass. And, uh-huh. and I can remember, you know, just seeing like that guy works at the, at the, the gas station or that guy works at the grocery. <laughs> like they're here watching me play hockey. Like why, right. you know, their kids, don't right. play. they don't have kids, whatever. <laughs> uh, it was just such a community uh, thing. You know, I, the community rallied around the hockey team and it was, uh, was cool to be a part of. And, and when your team was successful, man, uh, everybody in town, you know, knew who you were and they, they were always wishing you good luck and, and everybody followed, uh, pays attention to high school hockey. So uh, really, really cool. And, 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 you know, more that I've got to work in high school hockey and, and seen it nationally, there, there's nothing like Minnesota high school hockey. There, there's no other state really has that community involvement like they do there. You know, you grow up in that town, that's who you play for. Uh, you don't get to jump around to different schools or different teams. Um, you know, you play with your buddies. Uh, you, you play, uh, again, for your community, and, and it's it's unique around the country, and, and it was uh, pretty cool to be a part of, no doubt. You know, I made it part of my mission, Coach, on the way up here to, to try to get to as many different arenas as I could, college arenas and such. And uh, as I was coming through Omaha, Nebraska, I, I stopped in and I thought, this is the house that Dean Blaze built and the tradition that he built. Okay, then I got to Minneapolis and I got over to, to uh, Mariucci Arena and I thought, you know what? This is where John Mariucci set the roots and got things rolling for the U of Minnesota. And, th- yeah. and then I moved up to St. Cloud. I had a chance to go in there, and I thought, this is Herb Brooks's dream, right? <laughs> Today I went up to my home mater up at uh, Minnesota Duluth, and I'm thinking, who's the godfather of hockey in Minnesota Duluth? Because there's been so many uh, people that have done it. But uh, the fun I've been having, and I, I got over to St. Thomas, and they just made the jump to, to NCAA Division One, And yeah. I'm, I'm going like, man, uh, this is just so enjoyable to see this growth. And then I thought, how do I relate this back to the desert Southwest? And I thought you bring out 120 plus kids to compete for spots on uh, a club uh, program uh, tells me that that is really firing up. And I just, every time I go somewhere and somebody asks me about hockey in Arizona, I say, Hey, listen, ASU brought 120 plus kids out to, pra- to try out. Um, 
so you've worked at different levels in the desert southwest and how important has that been for you to, to see that growth and and how excited are you to see just what's developing uh well i tell you first and foremost i'm extremely excited about what's growing and what's developing uh, numbers across the board are going up every year at all levels you know um i look at uh i mean to me the most impressive is uh, right now, the girls' numbers in Phoenix are, <laughs> yeah. are just through the roof, you know. Um, uh, it, it's a great time to be around hockey in Arizona, no doubt. Uh, the Coyotes, obviously, it starts with them and them being successful. Um, but then, you know, having an NCAA team here that's new, that's fresh, that's exciting, they're, they're immediately good right out of the gate. Uh, you know, it's, uh, they have fun uniforms. They, they, uh, they're bringing in high end recruits. We've got all these ex NHL players that are in town that are, you know, excited about hockey and it just filters down through everybody. Uh, and it's just, I try to explain it to, to people back in Minnesota. Like, it, <laughs> it, it, you know, it's, it's not Minnesota. We're never going to be Minnesota. You know? right. We will never have that many rinks. We will never have that many people. But right now what we have in Phoenix is an excitement about the game of hockey. And, uh, you know, it, it's just really cool to be a part of it at any level because the numbers are going through the roof um, at all of them. And, and people are excited. People want to play. We've got new rinks opening up. Um, you know, it, it's, uh, it's a good time to be involved in hockey here in, uh, the great Phoenix, uh, or desert Southwest area. You know, I, I told Demetrius last night, I said, I don't know if you knew this, but when I grew up in the late, uh, seventies into 1980, when I graduated high school, I played at the, uh, the last outdoor high school hockey community in Faustin Bagley combined. And I said, you know, we played outside and uh, everybody hated to play us because it was an outdoor rink. And depending on the day and the, and the, whether it was a day game or night game, you could either have poor visibility or you could have wind and snow and you'd be shoveling the rink between periods. And I said, uh, what would your thoughts be about playing an outdoor game at Sun Devil Stadium? And he said, Oh my God. He said, that would be fantastic. So, so I said, how would this be? How about if we had, ASU and U of A play uh, a club ACHA D1 game there. We had an NCAA game, NCAA game, which may be ASU and Air Force, and then we played an NHL game afterwards, made it a triple header right at Sun Devil Stadium. Your thoughts on that idea? <laughs> I, I mean, I, I love it. Don't I mean, I'd be all in, <laughs> no doubt. Um, I think logistically uh, that would be probably pretty difficult. <laughs> I, mean, I dream big, coach. You know that. Yeah, I mean, it, that's that's great. <laughs> Dreams are great, but sometimes they can become nightmares. <laughs> yeah, especially if there's a pandemic involved. Yeah, but, uh, I mean, I mean, you gotta, you're going to have to get out there and hoof down some sponsors that want to put in a facility that's that's going to hold a sheet of ice when it's 85, 90 degrees out and sunny. Um, yeah, exactly. There's uh, not prob- too many shady seats in that in that stadium. <laughs> I've been there. Just ask the football fans, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, I'm having a little fun with everybody on that mm-hmm. one. But um, uh, <laughs> the other thing that I want to talk to you about was recruits because 
you and I talked about this before, and, and I, I told Chris Perry when he was on about a month ago, I said, you have to just be extremely excited about what's happening in the WCHL because you've got four teams right here in the Desert Southwest that are in a definite arms race. And, and I've talked to all you coaches now, and you all tell me the same thing. It's about winning the national championship. I mean, you want to, yeah, you want to win that Cactus Cup and you want to win the conference, but you guys all want a national championship. And I think you're all in a battle to win it first, too, aren't you? Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I think uh, definitely we're, we're in a battle to win it first. Um, for me, I still, I, I will take the Cactus Cup over a national title. Um, I, I, <laughs> I know that means a lot to you guys. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, to, to bring the national, you know, bring the national title back to ASU and do it um, uh, again before all these other programs have kind of risen back to prominence. You know, U of A was down for a while. They've come back and now they're a, a top 10 team um, to get in there and, and win a second one uh, before they get it get it uh would be really cool unlv same thing you know they've they've built back up and or well not back up they've they've built from a a good d2 program to a top uh level d1 team you know to to get one before they do get a second one before they get a first would be would be pretty cool no doubt um uh but like i said we we want that cactus cup first and and second is we're going to fight for a national title. And, and uh, yeah, no doubt I want it before everybody else, but I want that Cactus Cup first. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you know the roadmap, but you're in a little different situation. That, that Coach Powers has laid out a roadmap pretty much for everybody. He said, if you ever want to make that jump to NCAA like he did, you have to have three things. You have to have uh, support of your university. You have to have a big-time donor, and you have to have a facility but that, that the donor and the facility kind of come together along with the with the university. But the one thing that he is is told me personally many times over again is that you have to win at the ACHA yep. level and, and not just be dominant. You have to win a national championship to prove that you're ready to move up. You're still seeing that way as well, right? Oh yeah. Without without question. I mean, there there's still an argument that NCAA uh, D three schools are 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 just as good or better than ACHA D1. So, uh, you know, you, you, like you mentioned earlier, St. Thomas, they're going from D3 to D1. Um, they were a, a strong D3 team for a very long time. Um, you've got to establish yourself at, at a level and win a lot of games uh, before you can jump to that next step. Um, and at the ACHA, I think at ACHA D1, winning a national title uh, – definitely helps you get over that that hump so to speak as to okay we can make this an ncaa team you know and and i want to get your opinion on this too because a lot of people said when COVID hit that they were fearful that that might really hurt hockey at the ncaa level and at every level just because of the uncertainty and whether kids were going to be able to attend uh, on campus stuff but then all of a sudden um a month into COVID, liu out of the blue says Hey, we're going to go NCAA. We're going to start a program in April, and we're going to start playing in October in the middle of a pandemic. And then, and then about a month or so later, uh, we hear about Huntsville losing their program, but then having a major fundraiser and getting it back. And then a month after that, uh, we have St. Thomas jumping up. So, 
the end result, Coach, is that in NCAA anyway, we went from 60 teams to 62 teams. And uh, right in the middle of the pandemic, at the same time, the club programs continue to build. I mean, you've had announcements of players that are that are coming in. So uh, tell me about the players that are coming in and, and what they're telling you uh, about why they want to come to Arizona State and why they want to be a part of your program. Um, well, we, we've got a... We've got a quite a large group of kids coming in right now that are transfers from NCAA D three schools. Really? And, and uh, yeah, I'm 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 looking at uh, man probably five to six kids that are transferring in right now. Okay. Um, and and it's a lot of the the same thing with all of them is is we thought D three NCAA D three was going to be more than it was. Yeah. Um, you know, it, we were led to believe that this was going to be high level and, and we're seeing that we don't have to skate six days a week to play at the same level as an ACHA D1 school, you know, um, mm-hmm. at, at the same time, uh, you know, it's easy for me because our university is so awesome. You know, these kids are coming here, <laughs> they, they're, they know what they want to do in school and their degree is here and they know they're getting a good degree. Uh, so that attracts them, you know, the weather obviously attracts them. And then they're like, you know what, I can play at the same level and not have to do it six days a week. Um, you know, I can have a little bit more fun and be a little bit more loose uh, and just go out and, and be a kid, play hockey and, and have a good time and play at a, a very high level and not have the, you know, the NCAA restrictions, you know? Yeah. And the other thing is a lot of the NCAA Division III uh, universities are in small towns, and some, some kids want to go to a bigger university. They want to go, you know, um, to uh, you know, to Tempe or whatever and, and get more opportunity at the university too, right? Yeah, well, there's that, and there's also the fact, I mean, where, where are all the, uh, the Division three schools? They're in the Midwest yeah. and the Northeast. The weather's right. miserable. These kids right. hate it, especially a kid that, that comes from the West Coast who has promised things. And he goes out there and he's like, this, this sucks. Like, I don't want to live in snow anymore. I don't want to, like, I want to go back to the West. And I, I can see you yeah. and myself raising our hands right now. Cause we did the uh, same thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if I could have done it sooner, I would have. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> so yeah, you know, it's, it's part of it is that weather and that, that small town, like you said, uh, uh, they, they see what's going on at ASU. And again, you have to look at what our NCAA team is doing and look at the excitement of hockey here. People see that around the country. Everybody knows that we have hockey here and uh, kids are excited about that. And they see what our school has. Uh, it, it's a total package to come out here and play. And, and uh, it's, it's crazy the number of calls and emails I get from kids that are considering transferring. Um, yeah, I believe it. It's, uh Let's talk a little bit about, uh, and I think it's worth revisiting, is the conference got a bigger by three teams this year, and uh, hopefully COVID is not going to put a dent into that. But I know that was important for you guys as well as everybody in the conference because it makes logistically uh, a lot easier, a lot friendlier on the budget to travel to to play Utah or to play a Grand Canyon or to play UNLV and have them within the conference. But but tell everybody how that addition of those three teams will strengthen the teams in the desert Southwest. Well, I think it goes back to what you talked about earlier with the competitiveness uh, 
amongst all the schools here. And, you know, uh, GCU is obviously going to work to get uh, better. They want to they wanna be like U of A or, or ASU or UNLV, uh, just as, as the three of us want to uh, one-up each other, you know. So uh, the competitive side of it is good because kids obviously want to go to school in this, this part of the country. They want to play. Uh, we've got good hockey here now. Uh, so it's just a matter of which school can can uh, offer the the best academically, I guess. Um, but yeah, it, it's great for us, uh, competitive wise. You know, the logistically with the money, it's huge. Uh, you you know how expensive it is for us to to try to get games. Um, you know, it's really unfortunate that GCU is not going to be playing in the fall semester. Uh, you know, that's that's cuts games out for us. Um, but so far, none of the other D1 schools have cut out yet. Uh, I've got I've got a couple of D2 schools that have already said they can't play in the fall semester. So that's, that's going to hurt our D2 and D3 teams. But, um, you know, uh, hopefully we get through this COVID thing and everybody with, with the growth of hockey and the direction we're headed, everybody can get back to normal as soon as possible and and uh we're gonna have some real good hockey here if we can get past this uh virus thing okay you and i talked uh, about a month ago or so about the importance of you um building a very strong d1 program by having a very strong d2 and d3 program so explain to the listeners why you feel um having that quality depth in the D2 and D3 is so important to making your D1 team the best it can be? Well, for me, it's, um, you know, I, I, I stress the competitive side of it. I want kids to, to know that they're going to be able to uh, work hard one year and have an opportunity to play at a higher level if they want the next year. And that inside competitiveness makes everybody in the program better. You know, we have 30-man rosters. We only dress 21, 22 guys. So I want every day's practice to be competitive. And and a kid that might not be a, a regular everyday player is working hard every day at practice. He knows that next year he's got a chance to be a regular player or he's got a chance to move up to a higher level. And uh, so for me, it's, it's that inner competitiveness as a program. We all want to battle and compete. Uh, to get better because we all have a chance to move up. And, you know, there's, we've done it in the past. We, we do it every year. If we have a spot open on D1, we call a guy up from D2, uh, you know. And so and when we call a guy up, it's not to sit on the bench. We call him up because we want him to play. Um, so I, I need those guys, everybody working hard, everybody fighting for jobs all the time uh, because that's just going to make our team uh, deeper, uh, our program deeper, our teams deeper, and everybody uh, better as well. You know, Coach Powers always tells me at the NCAA level that there's not enough stalls, uh, and he wants more programs and more programs. And and I think, you know, in ACHA hockey too, you can always use more programs. You can always use more D1 programs, D2, D3, because that's how you grow the game, right? I mean, if you're able to field those three teams, and, and there's always – uh, ways to do that. Um, tell me your thoughts on on adding that D three program and and how you think that's uh, that's going to be 
beneficial to not only the student athletes, but also to, to grow the game here in the desert Southwest? Well, it's, um, you know, I look at that third team to me, it's almost like a, like a junior team, you know, like why, why go play in, well, the Western States league is, is done for the year, but you know, a league like that or a, or a low level NA three team where you're off in the middle of nowhere, you're not getting exposure. You're not, you're not playing against good competition. Uh, you know, there's several junior leagues around the country now that are just really not worth the time or money. So why not go to school, play at a low level, you know, play a D three D two schedule for two years while you're getting your degree. Uh, you still have three years left to play at a D one level after that. You know, um, so for me, it's it's the the local kid that doesn't want to go play. Uh, you know, his only options are to play low level juniors. He's like, you know what? I why do that? I can stay here at ASU. I can work on my degree. I can play D three hockey under good coaching in a good program. And it, you got five years at ACHA. You know, so there's no saying no nothing saying that that kid doesn't grow a couple inches and put on a few pounds and, and get smarter and get stronger and, and faster, whatnot, that his last three years at ASU, he's, he's playing D1 hockey, right? Um, so that's that's the importance of it for me, you know. And at the same time, it's just giving more kids a chance to represent their school and, and to play at the highest level that, that they're able to play at, you know. Yeah, and the other thing I want to touch on, Coach, I want to touch on two things before we let you go. The, the first one is obviously the fundraising with COVID now. It's a, it's a difficult task. Uh, it's a difficult task anyway at the club level to because, uh, you know, the dollars are spread so thin for a lot of different places. But, you know, like UNLV is doing uh, a golf tournament, and they've set that up, and they said, hey, we're going to do it no matter what, unless somebody tells us we can't in late August and, and Grand Canyon's got their ideas and you guys have your ideas. Just uh, let people that are listening have an idea of how they can get involved with your programs and, and how they can make a difference to, uh, to kind of cut the cost down and make this an affordable uh, venture for everybody. Uh, well, for, for our program at ASU, um, I, I kind of, I, it's a little unorthodox, I guess, in that I'll work with a company or, or anybody that wants to sponsor us in any way they want to do it. Okay. If somebody comes through and wants to give us enough money to, to have a third Jersey and to put their company name on the back of it, well, I'll make that happen. You know, um, uh, businesses that, that they want to do things in just our game day, program or businesses that just they want to be silent they just want to give us the money um you know that we we have a lot of different things we've we've talked with companies uh you know okay our workout gear you know the the workout shirts that our kids are going to wear around campus all the time anyways uh we'll put your logo on it you know uh if that's because that's going to get you more advertising than than putting your name on our jersey or putting your name at the rink any number of things we kind of will just work with a company. Um, we have, we've already had a couple people step up uh, wanting to help this year. Um, but we're, again, we're, we're in that hold mode. We're not going to start uh, trying to collect uh, or, or gain new sponsorship until we know that we can move forward until we, we know what we can offer, you know, as an advertising product, because that's at the end of the day, that's what we are. We're a product. And if you want to sponsor us, 
uh, how can we help your business? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it's uh, it, like I said, it's a venture, and I know you guys have worked real hard on it. And we'll give a shout out to Ted Burr for the great job that he does because Ted is he's, amazing. Uh, really, that guy is oh, so man. The, he carries uh, our program, and he. And he's so creative in, in things that he's able to do, which I think is great. I mean, you guys are out yeah. at restaurants and doing different things like that. So kudos to uh, to everybody there. But, but Ted does a great job of, uh, of leading the show. Um, the other thing I want to kind of wrap things up with for you today is to, I know you can't see the guys on the ice yet, but you, you've done some work in recruiting them and stuff like that. And we've seen your team now for a few years, and, and we know the speed and we know the discipline and and strong goaltending, but where do you want to see the Arizona State ACHA D1 program improve the most this year when they get on the ice? Um, where do I? Well, I think the just the maturity level, um, just the, the yeah. lessons that we learned from last year. You know, where we we were uh, at times a very good hockey team. We were a top ten team, but at times we were not a very good hockey team. And, and the maturity that comes with, with figuring out how to be a good team all the time, um, I think that's, that's the biggest thing that we need. But that's, it's going to happen. It's inevitable that it'll happen um, just because our guys will be a year older and a year smarter. So um, that, that's the biggest thing. I mean, we've got offense coming back. We've got goaltending. Um, you know, we, uh, I would like to see maybe defensively, we could we could probably shore up a little bit, but at the same time, if I score seven goals, I know I'm not giving up five. So, <laughs> absolutely, okay, coach. I appreciate you visiting on uh, on our all Minnesota week here. So, uh, uh, kudos and, and shout out to what you've done at ASU, and, and we'll tell everybody in Minnesota that they need to start watching ASU hockey because it's on the rise at every level. So. Thanks for joining us. We're going to take another quick break, and my co-host, Stephen Marshall, will be back to join me after the break. Scott, thank you. Thank you, Coach. Have a good night. You too. I can't wait to get to Las Vegas and check out the fortress. Going to see the Golden Knights? No. Stopping at Jesse Ray's Barbecue for lunch. Oh, that fortress. That combination of brisket, hot links, fries, mac and cheese. Surrounded by a fence of ribs? I'm in. Exactly. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. Located at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard, right behind the Mandalay Bay Hotel. Check out their pulled pork, smoked chicken, or the fall off the bone baby back ribs. Jesse Ray's Barbecue has been voted the best barbecue in Las Vegas two years running. So whether it's a midday meal or a pregame feast, head to Jesse Ray's Barbecue for all their award-winning tastes. At the heart of any good cocktail is the quality of the spirit used. And if you want to make the best margaritas, or if you just want a straight shot of the best tasting tequila, then Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila is the brand for you. Award-winning Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila has the taste you want to make perfectly blended cocktails, whether you're celebrating an overtime game winner with friends or relaxing by the pool after a long work day. Find your bottle, be it in Arizona or elsewhere in the U.S., Visit us at MexicanMoonshine.com. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila, award-winning taste since 2011. Looking for your next car? Head out to 2401 West Bell Road in Phoenix and stop in at Bell Ford, the Arizona Ford Giant. 
Come in and check out our great deals on the remaining 2020 Fords, as well as the new 2021 models just arriving, like the new E450 pickup truck during our summer outdoor and SUV sale. Voted the number one Ford dealer in Arizona by Ranking Arizona, we will do what it takes to make your car buying experience safe and convenient. Shop online at bellford.com. We'll bring everything to you on your schedule. Schedule a test drive. Need a repair? We'll come pick up your vehicle and bring it back to you. Our sales and service professionals are ready to help in any way to make sure you are happy and satisfied. Go online to bellford.com or call us at 602-866-1776 and let us show you why we've been the dealership that keeps Shane Doan coming back year after year. All right, we're back. Another episode of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. Scott Strandy joining you tonight from beautiful Lake Elmo, Minnesota. And my co-host who had some... Uh, uh, family responsibilities, and he's joining me right now, Stephen Marsh from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. So, so Stephen, I got about 75 degrees with some humidity. How about you up there in Vegas? <laughs> well, we, we don't have that much humidity, but we have about 110 degrees, I think, today or close to that. So it's uh, just another day in July here in Las Vegas. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's not just another day because we have hockey going on at the well, NHL that's true. level. That's true. <laughs> and, and to see that in July is a lot of fun. There's a huge game tomorrow night. I know it's only an exhibition, but it's still a huge game. Yeah. So uh, I know it's, it's like, not if it's like, hockey. If, no, as I say, if it's like the it's exhibition what? games I've been watching, I said if it's if it's like the exhibition games I've been watching, it's uh, it's going to be a it's going to be a good game. Yeah, absolutely. And, of course, that's the Arizona Coyotes and the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Stephen and I did a great Sunday special uh, previewing and recapping the, the training camp for the Golden Knights. And um, it, it, Seth Askelson and I did one of the week earlier on the, on the Coyotes. And, Stephen, what I'm seeing out of those two franchises is, A, a lot of heart for two different reasons, right? I mean, the Coyotes lost their general manager <laughs> right at the start, the day that they were getting ready to fly to the bubble. But but the Golden Knights are just like, um, they look like a team poised to really do some damage, and they have the talent to prove it. But, you know, I think the goaltending on both sides might be the very best goaltending in at least the Western Conference. Your thoughts on the goaltenders between the Coyotes and the, uh, the Golden Knights? Yeah, I mean it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what's gonna happen. Um, you know, you've got Flurry and Leonard, and we learned today that Flurry will play tomorrow in the exhibition game against the Coyotes. I'm not sure what the how the Coyotes are approaching it yet, if they've announced who they're starting yet. But but uh, Pete DeBoer said today that he's gonna put Flurry in, that he needs to be in the game action sooner, so he's gonna put him in, and then that means Leonard will probably play two of the three uh, round robin games because he says that each goalie will play about two games of these first four games. So that would mean that Leonard would get two of the three round robin games. So, um, and he says he's not afraid to use both. So, you know, and if one gets hot, then I'm sure he'll ride them. So, um, you know, if you flurry, this is your chance to, you know, I, don't, I guess you shouldn't have to prove yourself, but, but you're, you're going to have to, I guess, prove that you want to be, that you're going to be the person that they're going to rely on. You know, and, and that's the same thing with, uh, with the Coyotes. They, they, they've, I don't know who they've announced who's going to start tomorrow night, but they've announced that they are going to play 
in their opening series against Nashville, they're going to use both goaltenders uh, to see what happens. So that should be really interesting. As uh, as we've been talking, uh, I'm in northern Minnesota, and I've had a chance to, to run around and see some different things. And uh, part of my trip up here, obviously I'm here for family reasons as well, but um, I wanted to see for myself again the differences and and the similarities between hockey and north in northern Minnesota or Minnesota and uh, the desert southwest. And Stephen, I've had a chance to see some different arenas right now, right? And um, when when I sit at Oceanside, for example, in in Tempe, and I go, man, it, it's a community rink. But then all of a sudden, I get to St. Thomas and I see their rink, and I go it's a newer community rink. <laughs> and I look at these other facilities and I go like, they're nice, but they're not massive. I mean, yeah, you get to the University of North Dakota and there's 11,000 seats, or you go to even the University of Minnesota, it's got about 10,000 seats. But but smaller places like uh, University of Nebraska, Omaha, that's not massive. Uh, St. Cloud State, not massive, maybe seven, 8,000 people. Uh, so, you know, when I think of a 6,000-seat arena in in Henderson coming up and a, a similar-sized one coming up on the campus of Arizona State, um, I'm excited. I'm excited for the future from club hockey to NCAA hockey to professional hockey. So when I've thrown this all out there now, give me some of your thoughts, uh, seeing it from a distance. What do you think on the, on the growth and, and the excitement for hockey in the Desert Southwest? Yeah, you know it's it's real exciting. It's uh, it's you know we're, we're getting uh, we're seeing a lot of growth with hockey, and it's it's never a uh, never a bad thing. I'm you know I, I was reading something today that they're projecting that the AHL season might start in either December or January, so we kind of maybe have an idea of where they're kind of leaning towards with that. Uh, we don't know exactly how the the club hockey season is going to shape up yet. You know they're still planning to start on time with that, so that'll be coming up soon. We got the NHL in the midst of their playoff run right now. We're getting ready to start it. So so it should be uh should be good. And yeah, the growth of hockey here is really, really impressive and uh and I just can't I mean the the uh, the attention the for the Silver Knights is already massive. I mean the support I guess is what I was looking for. People are already putting in deposits to see the them play. And uh so it's I would expect that that would be packed too. So it's gonna be it's gonna be uh it's gonna be cool. Can't wait for it. You know, and the bottom line of it is whether you're playing club hockey, NCAA hockey, AHL hockey, NHL hockey, any of the spectrum that we cover, um, the facilities are, are coming. They're coming in uh, in the desert southwest. Obviously, Vegas is way ahead uh, of building on anybody else in the desert southwest. But I, I, I use this phrase a lot, Steve, and I say a high tide rises all ships. And I really think that as you're seeing, and you and I have talked about for the last six months, is uh, you know the arms race as and I talked to Coach Green about that. I don't know how much you heard about that, but um, it, I talked to him about that and the competitiveness. And yeah, they they want to compete. They all want to be the best. And I think that's going to happen in facilities as well. Uh, you know, we, everybody was telling me that maybe with the pandemic it, it might hurt hockey, but we added two NCAA teams <laughs> during the pandemic from sixty to sixty two and. Prior to that, when ASU came in, they were like, it was Penn State, then ASU, and then nothing. And all of a sudden, we add LIU and we add uh, St. Thomas right away. So who's to say that we can't continue that? 
and maybe bring a UNLV in in a couple of years or an Arizona or a Grand Canyon or whatever. Um, dream big, right? Sure, that would be nice. I mean, you know, it'll be really nice to to see to see UNLV eventually in Arizona or maybe some schools in, in Southern California to come into NCA level and, and have more teams out this West. I know Arizona State would certainly love that, would probably cut down on their travel. For them, they wouldn't have to – they could play some more teams that would be close to them and they wouldn't have to worry about traveling so much. So I'm sure they would like that. And, and uh, you know, I think it's – I think it's – it could happen at some point. Uh, you know, it's going to have to depend on how the other sports do. Talk about football and basketball, I think, if they can – improve and, and we might have a, a pathway if you know we can win a championship at the this, at this level the ACACA level which we've talked about before how important that is that's certainly I think a not a requirement but certainly would would go a long way to getting to that point and and same with the other schools around the business I mean I'm I'm surprised you no know, Arizona you know they that you would think that they would be NCAA already but but they're not you know same with Arizona State but you know they're just a few years being NCAA themselves so uh, it just shows you that as time moves on and hockey continues to really grow out of this area, we're going to have another um, team in Seattle with the NHL. We're going to have an AHL team in Palm Springs. We're going to have you know, more teams come on the surface of just more in this southwest region. Uh, it leads to really great opportunities for, for certainly college hockey and, and certainly the club sports to, to move up to the next next level. You know, and I don't know if you heard my conversation with Coach Grimm and I was talking about the uh, – the strangeness of this pandemic and you know, we've seen that around the country it's, it's affected everybody but to different degrees right um for example two weeks ago the fargo force ushl team uh had 250 kids in a week-long camp uh tryout camp uh so it was obviously different in fargo and the restrictions are different in fargo than they were somewhere else when i came up here dubuque in the ushl had their main camp the 22nd through the 25th of july they had a number of kids. They had tighter restrictions. You, nobody could get in and watch except immediate family and players. But but they went through their camp as normal. I spoke to the folks at Dubuque today, and I said, what, what's your plans uh, league-wide? And they said, right now, their plans are to go ahead and, and play uh, a normal schedule, start at the normal time, unless somebody tells them they can't. So, you know, that's what's happening up here, and I think – Coach Green said the same thing at, at U of A or at uh, ASU is that they are um, just kind of waiting it out, right? They're not saying uh, we're not doing anything rash, I think were his, uh, his exact words, that they're just going to wait it out and see what happens and, and go from there. And, and obviously the NHL done it right, right? I mean, 4,200 tests in the last week and no positive cases. Yeah, I was just gonna say that. that's that's imp that's impressive. No, no positive cases. Um, you know, the thing that's a little concerning, but it just seems like hopefully it's just one outlier. Is uh, in baseball we see what happened with the, the Marlins, and you know what's different with the baseball season is they're not playing in a bubble. They're still traveling, and you know there's still opportunities to be exposed, uh, even though they try to keep them constrained on road trips. But uh, you know when the clubs when the college sports start up or for NFL or we get even if we get the club sports to start club hockey to start up, um, there's going to be some traveling involved, and so you're going to wonder what that might look like, um, what sort of you know precautions you're going to have to take, you know what kind of trips you'd be able to do, and how you can be able to ensure that everybody can be safe. Um, I, I don't think there's going to be the the testing capability probably at, at a clubs level that you would have at the NCA level or 
or at NHL level. So it'd be real interesting to see if the, if the pandemic, if the COVID, which doesn't sound like it's going away anytime soon, if it continues to be at this rate we're doing, you know, what decisions are going to, are going to have to be made. And, and uh, I think we'll start finding out some answers probably in the next few weeks. We're seeing some other conferences making decisions on what they're going to do with football and everything. And, you know, here locally, the high school sports, uh, you know, we had a football team here locally that had a little bit of an outbreak and, and the high school, high school sports here in Nevada, they postponed them till next year. I mean, next year, like in the spring. So football, which normally is in the fall, we're going to do a shortened season starting in March. Basketball, we're gonna not, not going to start basketball season until after the new year. So that's just something that they've already decided to do at the high school level here in Nevada. So you wonder what that will mean for college sports and, and for the rest of the year here. But hopefully we can everything can work out on time. But who, know, who really knows? Well, I, like, uh, yeah, and, and as Coach Green said, and, and he said it, that uh, Grand Canyon would not be playing in the fall, and he was disappointed in that fact from the standpoint that, you know, makes it difficult on their schedules. But, man, oh, man, you know, uh, you think about, uh, you know, schools have to make decisions themselves. There's no doubt about that. But the schedule makers for, for every team and for uh, the ACHA D1 and to schedule a national tournament and all this with so much uncertainty, it's just got to be a nightmare. Yeah, I mean, you're going to have to have backup plans. I mean, you know, as you mentioned, Grand Canyon, uh, which they haven't officially announced yet, but, but as you mentioned, they're, they're, not, they're planning. They won't be able to play till the spring. So, you know, you know, we were scheduled to play them, I think, four times in, in the fall, you know, before January. So those are four games now that are either probably going to be open with no games or they'll fill them up with another opponent. You know, but it, it's there's going to have to be some flexibility, I think, this, this season. There might be, you know, we might learn more as we get closer you know, we talked with the UNLV coaches last week, and as far as they know, everything is still they're still planning to move forward. And the ACHA is that's still their their goal. But those that can participate, there's there's some that won't be able to obviously right now. But um, it's I don't know. It's going to be it's going to be a season we haven't seen. There's going to be this. It's unpredictable in the sense of we're not we're not sure what's going to happen. You know, things things seem to change every day. I guess with with well, certainly weekly, but not daily. With, with COVID and, and just how things look. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, we hope that Grand Canyon can play in the spring and I don't know what that means for them. I mean, you know, they're, will they have to jam more games in in the spring to make up for not playing in the fall or will they play less games? You know, how will they determine if the fairly, if they get an opportunity to play in the tournament or not or what, you know, if, if, if everybody else gets to play in the fall, but they have to wait for the spring and same with some other teams. I mean, what's the balance going to be? Well, let me, let me tell you this. This is what Danny Roy told me. Um, when I visited with him about a month ago now, um, he said his biggest fear is what's going to happen to his roster because if they right. don't play like they're not in the fall and, and they don't have classes on campus, uh, are his students, his student athletes going to still want to come to play in the right. spring or will they just say, Hey, forget it. I'll, I'll either go somewhere else or, or, you know, I don't want to come there for half a year. I'll just wait till next year. Uh, right. So that's another set of problems that arise for coaches in addition to the scheduling and the safety of their players is how many of the recruits want to stay. I mean, I think Danny's recruited uh, a bunch of players in hopes that he, he would still have enough if some of them decided to, to uh, not come out. And you can't blame them. I mean, it's an individual choice. You, you go where it's safety. Well, I mean, you know. And, and it's, different, it's different, Scott, because it, it's not NCAA, so they're paying to play. 
So you want to be if you're going to pay yeah. to, to play, if you're going to pay to play for the season, you know they, each each player has to play a pay a due essentially. And if you want to go on a team where you feel like you're going to have the best safe, safety wise or best chance to maybe compete for to a championship or or to have certainly a a full full productive season, if, if you know whatever the case may be. So yeah, I, I, that's a big factor too. You don't want to if, if you're only going to be able to play a short amount of se- season and. Uh, you know, rather than a full season, if there's a chance to play a full season, you might want to say, well, I'll, I'll be better off to go to a, a school that I'll be able to play a, a full season or will it be safe, so. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's take a quick, another quick break. Let's hear from a couple of our partners, and then you and I will come back to wrap things up on another edition of Club Hockey Southwest Weekly. We will be right back. Hey, Michael here from M-Drive. My dad, a world-class scientist, actually made M-Drive for himself to stay active and continue enjoying life. And yes, M-Drive supports healthy testosterone, but it's so much more. M-Drive is the everyday supplement to fuel your drive with more energy and more strength. Listen, we'd love for you to try M-Drive too. Visit mdriveformen.com and we'll give you 20% off your first purchase. Just type in the code DRIVE at checkout. You find your prime with M-Drive. like a pro post game like a champion at college bar and grill located across the street from the iconic a mountain and sun devil stadium and a quick walk from wells fargo arena college bar and grill is your home for the best local craft beer delicious creative cocktails tasty food and tempe's best atmosphere for arizona state athletics college bar and grill free game like a pro post game like a champion online at ilovecollege.co Ask any hockey player in the desert southwest, and they'll all tell you the same thing. We love going to the rink and sandals. Now you can show off your game in style with summer skates. Officially licensed summer skates are comfortable, washable, and can be designed to show off your fandom. Bill Kessel, your guy? Big William Carlson fan? Or is Austin Matthews the man? Have your summer skates designed to show off your favorite NHL player, or shout out your own game with your own number. Team discounts and customization available, too, for groups of 12 or more. Thirsty after getting off the ice, our new koozies are perfect for keeping that cold one cold in the desert heat. Comfortable and durable, show up to the rink in style. An authorized retailer of summer skates, you can purchase yours through our website at icetimehockeysw.com. the mask hockey shop celebrating 25 years of exceptional service to the arizona hockey community offering the top brands and an educated staff of hockey players to help you choose the right gear for you visit any one of our three valley locations or check us out online at behindthemask.com all right we're back another episode of club hockey southwest weekly scott strandy joining you tonight from beautiful lake elmo minnesota i will be departing in the morning i'm making my way back to the desert southwest and Stephen marsh my co-host as always from beautiful las vegas nevada well the heat will be the heat will be waiting for you when you get back to the desert southwest oh, oh, oh thank you i already saw i already saw that it was 115 and a record break yep. in arizona today so yeah well, thanks for that i'll uh, i'll be happy about that uh, yeah I, I did also want to tell you that uh, uh or remind the listeners that we have our special podcast starting saturday august 1st that will run through August 9th, and we're going to do a roundtable, a, a half-hour show, which will go by in a blink of an eye. Uh, but we're going to kind of recap and 
and handicap, if you will, the uh, NHL uh, qualifier round and, and lead it into uh, what will be the official NHL playoffs for 2020. We're calling it Welcome Back to Hockey 2020. And Stephen, you'll be joining me several days and we'll be talking uh, professional hockey as well as our club hockey show and NCAA show and professional hockey show that during their regular hours. But Looking forward to that. We also have a new sponsor on a prize pack. That's going to be M Drive, giving away um, a dozen or so prize packs during the uh, the month of August as we welcome back hockey 2020. And that means that the last one uh, of our summer skates packages are available tonight. So hashtag pucks on the pod is our trivia question key. Go to at ice time SW on Twitter. Um, I jumped in on this one, and I thought, let's make this last one kind of fun, Stephen. So here it is, right? Um, normally, you can go research our questions and find the <laughs> answers, but but tonight, you had to listen, right? If you if you listen to the show, you can download it uh, tomorrow, and you'll be able to get it wherever you get your podcast. But here it is. Coach Green tonight said that he would really like to win a national championship, but he's also said what was more important to him than a national championship right now as the head coach of Arizona State University was to win what cup? So so there's the question. If you you didn't listen, if you didn't listen, you better uh, get back on and download it and and listen to it because that's the question. Hashtag box on the pod. Coach Green, the head coach of ACHA D1 Hockey at Arizona State, said he would love to win a national tournament but the thing that he'd like to win more than that is what cup? Okay, jump at it. Okay, so uh, we got just a few minutes left. I know you got your read to do, but uh, just kind of recap uh, what you're seeing right now, Stephen. We're about a you know about a month away from the uh, UNLV golf tournament, uh, which we'll be at, and uh, just tell us what you're seeing and what you're thinking about ACHA. If, if, if I had to ask you right now. Do some of the teams play this fall and some don't, or do they all move it to, to January at some point? Well, hard to really say. As I said, it, it seems to be different each day. I, right now it seems like it, the, the plans to still go forward. We, as we mentioned, there's some teams I think that aren't going to be playing. I don't know if that's the whole season or just in the fall. I know we, we mentioned Grand Canyon won't be playing in the fall. Um UNLV, I think, is still on board. Uh, their their campus is going to do a mix of hybrid, or not hybrid, a mix, well, hybrid, I guess, a mix of online classes and in-person classes. So there'll be people on campus. Um, I think we just got to wait and see how some of these other sports and and how the states, as, as Nick said, you know, they, the coaches said last week, but UNLV, you know, they, or for the same with these other teams, they kind of have to go by, you know, what the governor restricts or what they say, you know, and what they allow and what they don't allow. And, and, um, right now, if, if the season were to start today or next week, you wouldn't be able to really, I don't think you'd be able to start on time. You might be able to do with no butting in the stands, but you wouldn't be able to play with anybody, um, in the, but you wouldn't be able to play with, with fans. So, but you know, his first home game is until October, like second week right. October. I think. So, who knows what will be in October, but 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 at the same time, the season starts in September. I, you know, they go to trip to Liberty. Now that's all the way in Virginia. Now I mean, I, I, we'll right. have to see. I mean, that's <laughs> that's not a bus ride. That's a plane. You know, that's that's all the way over in in almost in the East Coast. So that's that's at least in the South. So that's going to be quite a trip. So 
you know, things are still how they are, you know, it may, they may cut that, you know, they may just restrict it. You know, I don't know. I mean, I don't really don't know what's going to happen. Okay. I hope, well, I, I hope there's a, totally I hope there's a season. I hope there's a season. And if we, if we, if it's maybe if it's January, then, then it's January, but, but I hope, you know, we can start on time, but I would, you know, I just don't, I just don't know. I mean, it's just, the COVID thing doesn't seem to be well, slowing down. Here's the thing, Stephen. That's why people have to tune in every week to see if we know something new every week because it can change yeah. quickly. So uh, there you go. Okay, let's uh, let's wrap up the show. Give us your read, and we'll uh, we'll take it away with a little De Niro again from our friends Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Uh, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly has been brought to you by Bell Four, the Arizona Four Giant, presenting partner of the new seasons of Sunday Specials. Voted the best Ford dealer in Arizona. Go ask to see our friend Kevin Wood. Tell him Ice Time Hockey Southwest sent you about the summer truck and SUV sale. By Jesse Ray's Barbecue in Las Vegas. Voted best in Las Vegas. Two years running. Call us at 702-541-5546 or go to jesseraysbarbecue.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue. It's all about the butt. By M-Drive. Proud partner of What Drives You. Look for new episodes twice a month at Ice Time Hockey sw.com and drive for energy stamina recovery by summer skates shower shoes koozies and more show your game in comfort and style visit summerskates.com win your summer skates prize pack with the hashtag pucks on the pod cold beers and cheeseburgers the best for fresh made to order burgers and more find one of our 12 valley locations near you at coldbeers.com also in southern california by OxyPow, clean your gear, clean your skin with our all-natural cleaning products at OxyPow.com. Sprint, a brighter future for all. See Andre in Paradise Valley at Cactus and Tatum and let him find you the right deal. Behind the Mask, the Valley's hockey shop for over 25 years. Go to BehindTheMask.com and see what the new season has in store for you. By College Bar and Grill, call 480-588-6451 to pick up dinner on the way home. College Bar and Grill by ASU fans for ASU fans. Oceanside Ice Arena, home of the Devils Hockey Shop for all of your ASU hockey merchandise. Roger Klein's Cancion Tequila. Go to MexicanMoonshine.com and find the award-winning bottle that suits your style. By the Ice Den Scottsdale and Chandler, visit our websites for our skating session availability and requirements. Uh, Club Hockey Southwest Weekly and all the Ice Time Hockey SW podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and available for download at iTunes, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Club Hockey Southwest Weekly is part of the IcetimeHockeySW.com network. Ah, very well done, my friend. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, I know it was uh, a rough night for you, but I'm glad that you were able to jump on for the second <laughs> half, and, and yeah. things will get better. Um, the, uh, the shows, as I said, the special shows start on uh, Saturday night, 6 p.m. Pacific, when we will uh, start the, uh, the countdown. Welcome back to Hockey 2020, uh, following a little NHL hockey, and then Stephen and I will be back again, of course, at our regular time next Wednesday night. Uh, so for our special guest, uh, Tate Green with the Arizona State uh, University ACHA D1 program, for Stephen Marsh, Scott Strandy, saying good night for now, and uh, Roger Klein and the Peacemakers are going to take us away. <laughs>